This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. This, like, when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us some men who know the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Matter of Theology. Interesting show today. But first, we want to welcome back Chris Huff. He's with us. What's up, guys? Chris is here. And might as well go ahead and make it official. New co-host. <laughs> uh, I mean, I might as well, yeah, I might as well have, have co-billing at this point, right? But that's that, okay. That's where, right. where do I'm, we send the checks? Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. I'm just waiting for those, man. Those royalty checks. Let's bring it on. Yeah, We got <laughs> the power right. trio today, guys. <laughs> Yeah, you get, you guys know Josh, yep. uh, and he is going to be officially new co-host on Matter of Theology. So, and I know, I like it. Uh, and, and I want to get this kind of out there because because I've had people ask me, well, I thought you guys were were not doing the podcast anymore. So that was true. We weren't going to do the podcast anymore. Was going to do away with the podcast and, and go off into other ventures. But every time. I went to just kind of do away with it. I would get an email or something from someone that said uh, how much a particular episode blessed them, right? Like the cage stage, you know, I didn't know I was the only one. I thought I was the only one that was going through that. Uh, I didn't know other people were dealing with this. You know, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Now I know what it is. Now I know how to deal with it. Or, you know, just whatever it may be, someone listened to an episode somewhere and it blessed them. And so that's the kind of stuff that kind of made me go, mm, I think we kind of need to keep going uh, with it. You know, you can't you can't stop now once you get people that it's actually helping. Right. That's right. All the thousands and thousands of emails and Instagram messages and fans knocking at the doors. We just had that's to bring right. it back. Yeah, that's right. Had to bring it back. Take our money. Take our money. <laughs> but today, on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Josh Harris and Marty Sampson from Hillsong and just apostasy, uh, you know, what goes on in the church. And uh, so, Chris, why don't you why don't you lead us in with that kind of your thoughts? Well, yeah, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, um and haven't been listening to to what's been happening in, in the world of uh, quote-unquote evangelical Christianity. Uh, there have been a few... <laughs> Josh liked that one. Yeah, uh, the the, the quote-unquote got me, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, what everybody can't see is the air quotes that I do. So, um, 
you know, th- th- there have been a, a few high-profile what, uh, what we would call ce- celebrity Christians, if you will, uh, who have recently come out and said um, uh, that they have renounced their faith or that they're going through a quote-unquote deconstruction uh, of their faith in Christianity. Um, and what's interesting uh, about this, and, uh, and one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about and uh, praying a lot about and... Um, is how do we respond to that? So what does Scripture have to say uh, concerning those people? Because, uh, you know, Josh Harris, for instance, uh, I have people that are very, very close to me uh, who have read his book, books, multiple books, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, uh, one of them in particular. Um, and uh, and so for, for him to come out and say what he did, that uh, 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 and, and as the way that it was done, uh, on social media, uh, is interesting. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, there have been people that have been really shaken by it and saddened by it, uh, and, and asked the question, how do we respond? And, and there've been a, been a couple of great resources that I want to personally recommend. I haven't, uh, bounced this off of, uh, my co-host here, but, uh, there've been a couple of great responses to how, uh, we are to respond to that. Dr. James White, uh, for one, tackled it. Uh, mm-hmm. Todd Friel with Wretched Radio. Uh, he and Phil Johnson did a Two Wretched for Radio, and then Todd has since revisited it on a couple of episodes. Um, but from a biblical standpoint, from a theological standpoint, right, the name of our podcast is Matter of Theology. How are we to respond to that? Um, and uh, if you would have asked me three years ago, I, I would have just, you know, put my hand in the air and said, bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> and, um, you know, but, um, but, but, but I think scripture is very, very clear, um, on how we are to respond to that. Um, and, and, I, and I'll say this, uh, from, from Josh Harris's standpoint, you know, uh, AG and I have, have talked over the last few days about what we think is coming, uh, for, 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 for Mr. Harris there. But, um, but I just wanted to share with you, uh, something very clear and very direct out of first John. Uh, and I am reading out of the New American Standard, a.k.a. the non-Arminian Standard Bible. Uh, and, uh, and this is 1 John 2. Uh, and I'll start, in, I'll start in verse 15. Uh, it says this, uh, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away, and also its lusts. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Children, in the last hour, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared, from this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would not have, I'm sorry, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. Mm. So that's 1 John 2, 15 through 19. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to take a second, just kind of unpack that a little bit. Um, you know, and, 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 in, in the coming weeks, uh, we're planning on doing an episode on sin and the mortification of sin. Uh, and, and, uh, AG and I, and, and Josh, if you're available, we'd love for you to jump in on this. We're going to, yeah, man. 
walk through the more uh, the you know some points in the book the mortification of sin by john owen yep um I have plenty of sin that needs to be mortified, so oh. I'm, I'm, I'm qualified to talk about it. Is that what it takes? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Am I breathing? So, if yeah, I'm breathing, if so, this I'm qualified my... to talk about this. Yeah. That's right. This topic is my jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but do not love the world, nor the things of the world. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about that when we, when we talk about the mortification of sin. But specifically, the reason I wanted to read that in context is because when you look at guys like this, and you look at people who have, you know, you have, uh, what was it, Cademan's Cayman, Call, the contemporary Christian group that, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think it was Cademan's Call, it was, it was one, of, one of them, uh, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s that were very popular from a contemporary Christian point of view, and uh, since then have become agnostic. When you look at... Uh, Jars of Clay. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jars, Dan, Dan with Jars that of Clay, one, that's right, right. Yeah. he was one of them too. Man, I love Jars of Clay, I did. Like worlds apart. That that was my jam. That is a great song. Um, so when you look at that, uh, and you look at just going, how 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 does that happen? You know, they they they've left. They've walked away from the faith. They they've lost their faith. No, they haven't. They never had it. They never had it. If they right. truly yeah. walk, if they truly possessed what they professed, um, then 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 they would not walk away. Backsliding is possible, sure. Struggling is possible, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we're going to get into that in, in the coming weeks. Um, some of us know all too well. Uh, again, breathing, so we're qualified right. to talk about that. Um, but you know, specifically, verse nineteen: They went out from us, mm-hmm. but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. So when you look at guys like Josh Harris, this guy was a pastor. This guy had a massive book deal when he was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. It was elevate, and that's why that's why Timothy <laughs> talks about not, not being quick to lay on of hands of people, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because th- th- this is what can happen without proper training, proper accountability, and 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 and. You, you look at what's going on right now, and he went out of us, and and. He, because he was not of us. And what's crazy about that and what's scary about that. And I know there may be people listening to this and saying some other things about things that have gone on recently. Uh, like, well, how, how can you talk about that? Um, you know, uh, but not everyone who goes to your church is a believer. That's right. Scary yeah. thing. But not Mm -hmm. scary, because we trust in the sovereignty of God and the fact that he is the one who establishes his church. He is the one who builds his church. Mm -hmm. He is the one who puts people and leaders and governments and church government in position. But there are people who lead churches or quote unquote so-called churches that are not really of us. Mm -hmm. And if I pray that Josh Harris repents, I pray that he repents and believes um, and, and confesses his sin. Uh, uh, but if that's the case, then, then we rest assured that you're not going to lose your salvation. You you don't have to ask the question, is this going to happen to me? So I'll pause right there and let my other two boys throw some comments in here and some things they're thinking about. Well, I think, I think it's important to, to realize what you just said. Not everyone that goes to your church is saved. That's right. Um, not everyone that dons the doors of a church are saved. So if you were to go to Acts in the 20th chapter, verse 30, okay, so 
starting in seven in verse 17 is is paul's farewell to the ephesians he's talking to the ephesians and he's telling them that wolves are going to come in from outside that's right but but not just from outside verse 30 and from among your own selves men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them so even from with not not just not just people on the outside trying to come in and infiltrate the church and pull people away people from inside the church will arise to try to pull people away speaking uh, false things about Christ uh, and false things about about doctrine and theology to try to uh, confuse yep. uh, draw away even the elect well and it's so important to remember too like going back to um what you know something chris said is is it's it's so important especially in these situations when we see people apparently lose their faith right mm-hmm. it's so important that we remember and apply the theology that we believe in in this yes. situation right mm-hmm. because what it's a very helpful thing to do and something that i try to do is i try to follow the theological logic back as far as i can because what i believe about god mm-hmm. what i believe about salvation Mm-hmm. is the presupposition that I need, and that is the lens that I will be viewing things like this through, right? So when we see somebody like Josh Harris go off the deep end um, and apparently walk away from the faith, we need to remember that that faith, if he did indeed have faith, was not something that he chose. It was not something that was his it, it, it was not something that he chose and it was not something that he could lose, right? Because we believe it's sovereignty in salvation. We believe in election. We pr- believe that that salvation happens through the will of God, right? So if it's something that he had, it's something that was given to him by God. That's right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, and, and if you can lose your – well, and, and obviously we could we could go to numerous places in Scripture that, that walk us through – the perseverance of the saints. And, and mm-hmm, if right. you guys have more questions about soteriology and that listen to previous episodes, we've tackled that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but absolutely. Um, you know, Drew, just like you and I have been talking about uh, John six, right? Yep. Um, yep. Uh, n- n- no one, no, no one seeks God Romans three. Um, and then Romans eight, you know, that, 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 that monster chapter of scripture um uh, that, that, that clearly says, you know, Paul runs through this list of things, neither height nor depth, and then he stops and he says, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that. And, and Josh, I want to go back to something you said, man, and to quote my brother Daryl Harrison of the Just Thinking podcast, these issues, and he said this today concerning other issues, but this is true, this, 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 this applies here. These issues and many others require that we, uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ, become better theologians. Yes. It requires it. Mm-hmm. We can't just read the Bible. We have to study it. And this is, yeah. I'm quoting Daryl, study it and study it and study it and study it some more um, to where we're able to see this clearly, um, to where it, sh- yes, it should sadden us, but it doesn't shake us, uh, you know, or, or, or cause us to, to question whether or not we could do that. Now, it's good to test mm-hmm. our faith, right? Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Um, to test yourselves, to test the spirits in your own life, uh, to, to, to confirm the consistent fruit, uh, the, the constant repentance, um, and, and, and seeking to live for the glory of God. 
Um, but we have to remember that. And Drew, I'm going to go back to something you said, um, you know, about how they, you know, Acts 20, uh, when, when Paul is, is, is reminding them that they come from inside. I mean, John echoes that here in 1 John. Mm-hmm. He says that many antichrists have appeared. Well, where do we think yep. those antichrists are going to come from? They come from within the church. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so it's not just going to be something that's uh, that, that's just you know. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a couple of uh, a couple of memes on social media of of you know it's not just going to be a wolf that walks into the in, into the sheep pen uh, and starts growling. It's going to be a wolf disguised as a sheep. That's right. Um, and scripture's clear about that. So, so I mean, and even uh, Satan is talked about as parading around like an angel of light. That's right. So he comes in uh, and he says things that are nice. He says things that are pleasing to the ear. He will say things. And if you actually go back to Jesus in the wilderness, what does Satan know? He knows scripture. So he's going right. to quote scripture. Uh, he's going to use the word of God, but he's not going to going to use it. Uh, rightly, he's not going to handle it rightly. Um, but what we see a lot of now, and we see it with Josh Harris, Marty Sampson, these guys, uh, they don't have a right understanding of scripture because they were not taught scripture properly. And so now when they're faced with questions that they can't answer, their worldview falls apart. Their Christian worldview falls apart because it's not based upon any foundation. It, it, it's it's on the it's built upon the sand, and now the waters come up and it's completely removed the sand from under them, and now they're drowning. Well, and, well, yeah, and, and it's ahead, so Josh. important too. Like you know, you have to come back to. I think one of the most important things in these situations, like you were saying, is yes, it comes back to your theology. It comes back to ultimately, what do you know about God? Mm-hmm. Who is God in your mind? It has yeah. to start yeah. with that, mm-hmm. because if that's off. If that's off tilter, everything mm. else is going to be completely and totally faulty, right? right? Yeah. So if we're going to view situations like this and make sound judgments on situations like this and think correctly about situations like this, one of the most mm. important questions we can ask is, what does this theology, the theology that this person is saying, what does it say about God? Mm. Right. And does what, it line up? This, and does it right. line up with scripture? Right. Right. right? Mm. So does this make God look small? Does mm. this strip him of power? Does it strip him of glory? Does it strip him of sovereignty? Um, or does it do the opposite, right? So if mm. you have to follow the logical trail down, if salvation is something that can be lost and people are worried about losing their salvation and Josh Harris actually had genuine faith that he disregarded on his own free will, if that is possible, what does that say about God's power to mm. preserve his people? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't you can't call him God at that point. That's you right. Can't. And, 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 and yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and that's why I go back to look. We have to be better theologians. All of us. Yeah. All of us. Um, the, theology and theology is not just. And we said this before on on our podcast. Like theology is not just for the quote unquote Navy SEAL spiritual you know no. special forces. We are all called uh, to be a theologians. Mm-hmm. All of us um, to study Scripture and and as in one of our introduction clips of Austin Duncan said to be changed by it. We mm-hmm. are informed by Scripture, not the other way around. And so, right. so mm-hmm. Josh, you're absolutely right. We have to go back to theology proper. Um, mm-hmm. w- w- th- th- that's where that's where it has to start. Um, so, but I'm reminded too. Uh, you know, I'm reading uh, the Great Awakening right now, and. Um, uh, it's, it's taking me a while 
uh, to get through it. And uh, because I, I just want to take my time and I want it to soak in. And, um, you know, but one of the things that, uh, that Joseph Tracy kind of talks about is he's walking through the revivals of 1739 and 1740 is there were so many people, there were so many people who would profess faith and, and as he would say, profess religion. Um, and one of, I, I mean, the things that were happening, even in the Presbyterian church, the people were being, were, were, were emotional and weeping over their sin. I mean, and, 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 and Joseph Tracy says that, that they were, they were crying out audible gasp and emotional groans. But one of the things that the pastors were doing is, is before they were allowed to join the congregation is each one of these pastors would meet with these people, I mean, a ton of people, individually to make sure that there was evidence of their salvation, that there was fruit of the faith that they were professing. Um, and, and I just want to read this section. Um, and uh, I hope this is the right section. I, I underlined it, but you might have to edit this out if it's not. Um <laughs> So, but it says, uh, this, this is uh, one of the Presbyterian pastors is saying, and thus, uh, much in such a way as this, some appeared to be pleasing themselves just with an imaginary conversion of their own making. I, the pastor that's writing, endeavor to correct and guard against all such mistakes so far as I discovered them in the course of my ministry and to open up the nature of true conviction by the spirit of God and of a saving conversion. Mm. So we have so many churches out there right now, right? That are, are, are presenting this, this easy believism gospel that Jesus loves you and has a great plan for your life, period. Confess him as savior, However, they're forgetting one thing that Scripture, oh, multiple things that Scripture says, but repent. There's no repentance preached anywhere. Not, that's not true. I, I shouldn't say anywhere. There's no repentance ple- preached in those places, typically, typically, not always. And, and then it's so quick to run to social media. We had 38 conversions today. We mm-hmm. had 57 conversions today. <laughs> you know, this student camp, and, and we had an altar call, and 2,000 kids came down, so we baptized all of them right now. If that's true, man, that's incredible. And even if there's one, that's incredible. Yeah. But you need to be, there needs to be uh, another place in, in the Great Awakening. There needs to be a very evident and great increase of Christian knowledge repentance mm-hmm. of sin, um, and confession of Christ as Lord of their lives. Um, so a lot of these places, you know, I, I, I go back to Hillsong. Okay, let's talk about Marty Sampson for a second. And, and mm-hmm. Drew, I'll let you, I know you are about to say something. Uh, you know, so Marty initially came out and said that he was renouncing his faith, right? That he, that, that he had found many contradictions in Scripture, uh, so today there was, uh, th- or yesterday, I'm sorry, the 14th, uh, of August is when, uh, this was written, but it says this quote, a Hillsong worship artist, Marty Sampson is clarifying recent statements he made about losing his faith, insisting that he has not quote renounced close quote Christianity, but is still struggling. Sampson shocked the Christian community in a recently deleted Instagram post when he announced that he's genuinely losing my faith and it doesn't bother me. So he just said that right now he's on incredibly shaky ground. 
Um, and he walks through, and he says that he told this paper, uh, the Christian Post, that he's struggling with many parts of the belief system that seem so incoherent with common human morality. Uh, and I'm like, dude, read Romans 2, brother. Read Romans 2. Um, and, um, you know, and he, he walks through, he says he's struggling, and he's, he's posting things from William Lane Craig and Ravi Zacharias and John Lennox and... Um, there's a, there's a skeptic of faith from the new Testament by Bart, um, Ehrman. Um, you know, he's, he's, ag- he's an agnostic atheist now, you know, he's, he's posting all these quotes from so many different things and then giving Hillsong credit, uh, for how they've been supporting him. But let me just say this about Hillsong, you know, I, as a worship leader, I, I love Hillsong as far as some of their songs. Uh, Marty Sampson has written a great number of songs that I have led personally. Um, man, I'm praying for Marty. And I hope he gets the heck out of Hillsong. Yeah. Because for the most part, as far as I can see, there is no leadership in that church that's going to correctly, from a biblical standpoint, counsel him in the doctrines of grace and the things that he, has, he is seeing and struggling and wrestling with. And so, again, I've rambled, so I'll stop there and let you guys jump in. But, all right, go ahead. Drew, you were going to say something like five minutes ago. and I. No, you know, when you, when you mentioned talking about God having a plan for your life, well, again, it goes back to what Josh said about how you view God, right? How you view God's sovereignty. And if, if our theology is based on, the view that God has a a great and wonderful plan for your life. Well, when we see people like this fall away, well, now what happens to the people that are taught that view rather than God's sovereign view, rather than the view of Scripture that uh, even 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen will say that there are some heresies the word the word is used use they use it called fractions but it can be translated as heresies they there must be heresies so that you can tell the difference between true true leaders and and false leaders um so when we view god in that way as that god just has a great wonderful plan for your life and then these people leave or talk about losing a faith that that they never really had well then that makes god look very small and very weak that he can't keep his people and we and you know you've you already listed off a couple of places in scripture where it talks about the saints persevering you know jesus will lose none that the father that's has right. given that's right um but you know but moving ahead to kind of just what you what you said now, uh, in his original statement, you know, Marty talks about you know contradictions in the Bible, but he doesn't list any, right? Uh, the fact that he's saying talking about Hillsong and Hillsong supporting him and what he's doing, well, if you have a church that's supporting you in this, that's not a church you need to be in. That's a church that has no leadership. That's a church that has no foundation. That's a church that is basically spitting in the face of God because they're not teaching and leading their people how they need to be led. Oh, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Please say that again. Well, I got to try to remember how I said it. Because <laughs> something similar then. Uh, because, again, to yeah. quote my brother Daryl Harrison, that was so mm-hmm. nice. You got to say it twice. Yeah. If it, a church like Hillsong, 
with how if they're supporting Marty Sampson and, and everything that he's going through, that's a church that's spitting in the face of God because they're not leading and instructing and teaching their people the way the Bible says that they ought to be leading them. Well, and it comes again, like, yeah, it, it comes back to what's your view of God, what's your view of scripture? Because if you have a correct view of God, like you're talking about, AG, if you have a correct view of God, that this, then this is a presupposition you must have. You must have this presupposition that if you find a contradiction in scripture that you believe is a contradiction, I must in my head when I see that, I must have the presupposition that I am the one that's wrong. That's right. Correct. Right? Because if we are going to have a correct view of God and a correct view of scripture, it has to transcend and be above any amount of knowledge or logic that I think I have. Okay, Josh, right? again, I'm going to you got to do the same thing AG just did. You got to repeat <laughs> that, man. That was good. That if was good. Have, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. And it's 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 something that that I you know, growing up really had to wrestle with because yeah, there are if you just read scripture cover to cover, there's a lot of confusing things in there. And there are what some would call contradictions apparent contradictions right but if you have the correct view of god and a correct view of scripture you must have the presupposition that scripture is never wrong that's right and that your interpretation your knowledge and your application of our limited capacity for logic when it comes to the grand scope of who god is it is insufficient to understand the complexities of who god is Mm-hmm. Right. So when you come across these and and that is what's not being taught in churches mm-hmm. is that this scripture that you have, this Bible that you're holding is so much bigger than you. That's it's right. so much more important than you. And it is so much smarter than you because it was written by God. <laughs> That's right. right? Well, and it drives me insane when I hear because I, I did it. It drives me insane when I hear people just like, you know, the Bible just like I the Bible's I, not God. Right. Well, yeah, that. Right. And and then also also just the Bible, you know, it has so many logical inconsistencies. It's like you are dealing like you are not even on the like, you know, go back to Job. Right. Right. It's what God told Job is like, who are you? Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth and (laughs) set the planets in motion? I don't remember you being there, but that's okay. Go ahead and use your logic and tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Right. So we need that presupposition that God is right scripture is correct no matter what i think or no matter what i see in scripture i must assume that i am wrong and Mm -hmm. god through his spirit is going to show me the correct interpretation psalm 19 starting in verse 7 the law of the lord is perfect restoring the soul the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple the precepts of the lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the lord is pure enlightening the eyes the fear of the lord is clean enduring forever the judgments of the lord are true they are righteous altogether there are more they are more desirable than gold yes much more fine gold sweeter also than the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb moreover by them your servant is warned in keeping them there is great reward who can discern his errors acquit me of hidden faults also keep back your servant from presumptuous sins let them not rule over me, then I will be blameless, and I will be acquitted of the great of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Look, 
if we don't start with, as Josh so wonderfully and beautifully said, a presupposition that Scripture is inerrant, infallible, all-sufficient for all things as it pertains to life and godliness, and that we have to be informed by that, and I'm not just saying that, this is coming from someone who has been wrestling lately with certain things, not not questioning my faith, but just believing and resting in the sufficiency of Scripture uh, for all things, the sovereignty of God in all things. Um, but if we don't start there, and we're, we're not mortifying any other thought that enters our head according to our own lust, as James says. We're not going to give the enemy credit where credit's not due, and we're not going to get into an eschatological conversation about where Satan is right now. I know if Nick were here, he would love that. (laughs) But but if we don't start there, we will be led astray. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that Marty said when he was talking about Hillsong, and let me get back to it, uh, he said, if anything, quote, if anything, all I have ever received from Hillsong is support and the opportunity to follow my own mind. Woo, and they have always taught what I perceive to be sound Pentecostal doctrine, close quote. There's a lot wrong with that statement. Yeah. Uh, we won't touch the Pentecostal doctrine right now, uh, but the fact that they have taught and they teach and they support that you need to pursue what's in your own mind. Apart from a miracle of the Holy Spirit and the sovereignty of God from Marty Sampson, he needs to get out of Hillsong and someone needs to preach the gospel to that man, the full gospel. Absolutely. And to walk through scripture with him. And And that that goes for all of us. Yeah, and that, that shows that because he has been a part of writing some songs for Hillsong that are actually theologically correct. And so what that shows is he has zero understanding of any of the songs he's even written. Scary thing, though, from a wolf's – you're talking about wolves earlier, and we're talking about Antichrist in First John. You know, Scripture says that even the demons know the Scripture mm-hmm. and shudder. That's right. Right? right? Yep. So that's scary mm-hmm. because, because he can put songs together like What a Beautiful Name. There's one of the songs that he's co-written. There's one lyric in that song that I don't I don't agree with, and again we're not going to get into that now. But and I've changed when I've let it, so I'm not going to get into that now because that that was interesting. Um, but you know, you look at that and go, yeah, uh, there are people who who have brought up um, Horatio Spafford who wrote it as well later on in life, and right. there are things that that may suggest that he uh, became heretical or heretical, uh in in his approach to theology. Uh, and so the questions have been asked, well, so, so does that mean you're not going to sing it as well anymore? Um, so as far as should churches uh, continue to, to play his songs, I would say... Uh, it's a conscience issue. It's, yep. up, it's up to every individual church. Um, it's up to every elder team to make, to make that call, right? And yep. you have to, but, but you have to do it you know, you have to do it with the full knowledge and full spectrum of knowledge of what what the situation is, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to answer the question, are you okay with at least being perceived to support an organization that allows right. and encourages people to follow the knowledge of their own head? Yeah, right? that's you have that, to be okay with right. at least having that discussion and mm-hmm. not just cutting the conversation off and being like, No, we're not gonna you know, yes, we're going to do it and there's absolutely nothing right. wrong with it. Like, well, no, that's yeah. that's not very discerning. 
Yeah, that's what that, that that's what I was thinking because there's you know churches that don't play Bethel because Bethel teaches Arian heresies, and so whether whether or not Marty has written songs that can be uh, viewed as theologically accurate if you go beyond Marty and look at the ministry that he was a part of that they come from, which is Hillsong, which is a uh, word of faith movement, Correct. which new age, new, new agey. Uh, and even the view that w- what Chris just read about them, you know, encouraging people to follow their own mind as it pertains to, to scripture and, and spiritual things. Well then, my conviction would be, well, you don't need to play Hill, Hillsong either because it's coming out of a ministry uh, that is basically anti-Christ. Yeah, well, and that's, you know, so, so you go back to, uh, you know, the fact that Bethel, uh, they hold that Arian heresy that Christ and and Bill Johnson has doubled down on that. I mean, double and yeah. triple down on he's, this. He's not even trying to hide no, it anymore. I, you know that yeah. that Christ did what he did as a man, empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is heretical. That is heresy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So so, but I, you know, I, I'll say this on 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 the song issue: being a worship leader, uh, Lord willing, someone who uh, will lead worship again. Um, you know. Scripture says that our God is in the business of making all things new, that our God is in the business of taking uh, ashes and turning them into beautiful things, right? you know, bringing dead things to life. Hello, us, salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'll say this. I agree with Josh. It's a conscientious issue. Um, uh, were this, uh, you know, early church days without the, um, you know, the CCLI and... Um, and royalties given. Uh, a lot of people may not know this, but whenever you play a song, if you're a part of uh, the Christian copyright licensing, uh, when you play a song uh, in your church for a worship service, uh, and you, when you do that and put that in Planning Center, uh, there are some other applications that you can use to do that. It pays the people who wrote the songs. That's right. Mm-hmm. So whenever churches play songs uh, by Hillsong, by Bethel, uh, by I mean by Shane and Shane by Matt Boswell fill in the blank they receive royalties for that so it's not just when you buy a song on iTunes or uh, through Spotify subscriptions and stuff like that so you have to remember that you are financially supporting uh, people and organizations um, who as uh, was it Josh that you said that was spitting in the face of God? No, it was Drew, AG, that was you. Um, spitting in the face of God. So you have to keep that in mind. Now, as far as a truth standpoint, uh, what I was getting at with making all things new and beauty for ashes is, you know, does, does the fact that uh, Hillsong is leaning even more and more new age and liberal in, in some ways, um, w- which is dangerous, does that make the words to man of sorrows any less true? Mm-hmm. No. Right. Can I personally listen to that song and worship God in spirit and in truth? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I would say with, for any worship leaders that may be listening to this, I would say you got to keep all that in mind. And to quote a very good friend of mine, there are so many other great songs out there that are not written by people who are at best heretical in their theology, uh, at worst outright heretics. But there are songs that are written, better songs that are written by by people like that um, that mm-hmm. you could put in there. 
you know, right. and, and, and it, and it'd be better. There, there, there's no reason to sing a song from a ministry that's questionable. No. no. Yeah. Well, and, and that's an important point is, is, is we, we have, yes, there's a bunch of really crappy worship songs out there for sure. Um, but there's a, there's a, there's a vast majority and a growing majority of awesome music being written by some awesome bands for the church. Right. So we have that going for us that, that thankfully we are not having to be beggars that are choosing. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to uh, have a plethora of awesome music that we can be filling our churches with. So we don't have to make that decision if you don't want to. Right. But on the flip side, it's, it just stresses the importance of making good art and making good music and having bands who are, have as their goal, uh, the proclamation of a true gospel, the glorification of God and how big he is and making theology, making theology great again. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm printing hats. Yeah, no, um, um, but, but, um, but we, we need to pull some of the sources you know about right, I'm, in, merch. <laughs> I'm in the seattle area and i'm already hearing people burning my house down so sorry, yeah. um no so yeah we need people who we need more theologians who are musicians and we need more musicians who are mm. good theologians right right we need that well uh, to that point yeah. really quick you know you look at the book of ezekiel when you look at the Levites, who are the worship leaders, mm -hmm. the, and I've said this before, the qualifications for them were higher than the priests. They had to be older. They had to be uh, tested and proven and tried and uh, before they were allowed to, uh, to, to, to do their jobs and what God has called them to do. So, I mean, I would agree with that. I, 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 absolutely. Hands down. We, we, we absolutely need more people who care mm -hmm. about studying Scripture uh, and and realizing and remembering that that is that is the very breath of God that you're reading. Those are the words of the living God that you're reading and singing. <sighs> I don't want to get off on a rabbit hole because that's not what we're talking about today. But but I, amen, and right on. I'll say that, and then we'll revisit <laughs> that later. <laughs> nah, that's uh, man, those are all good points, man. You guys are some really good theologians. I don't feel worthy we, to have that label. We, we try. Yeah. It's a progress. Always, always. But, Man, you know, look, we need to remember that this, to, to be praying for them, uh, yes. to, to avoid the temptation. And we all, sorry, I was looking for something. Uh, you know, we're all there, right? We're all there on social media and uh, wanting to comment on stuff all the time. But we just need to remember that, uh, you know, and, and just like Josh said, you know, our, 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 what, how do we view God? How do we mm -hmm. view God? And, uh, what, when we, A.W. Tozer, the most important thing about us is, is what do we think about when we think about God? And I'm mm -hmm. paraphrasing a little bit, but, um, you know, do we have a big view of God? And that's why, you know, it, look, if you're, if you're out there, you're listening to this and you're struggling with assurance of salvation or, uh, th there are, are things that you are wrestling with in your life. We'll just give you a little preview of when we're going to talk about the mortification of sin uh, episode. Look, I would say what you need to do uh, is find a solid book uh, concerning the attributes of God. 
that mm-hmm. is going to unpack and point to Scripture the attributes of God. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Stephen Charnock, uh, the Puritan writer, wrote a great book, The Existence and Attributes of God. Uh, it's out of stock on Banner of Truth. Come on, Banner, get it back in because I want it. Uh, but I've read some some excerpts from it. Um, uh, there, there are some other books that we can put in the description that AG can put in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which that we got at the Shepherd's Conference this year by Matthew Barrett uh, about the attributes of God. Um, you know, but I if mean, Arthur Pink, the attributes of God is not bad. Sovereignty of That's God, right. yeah, 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 yeah. A.W. <laughs> Pink. But be prepared because you will walk away from A.W. Pink uh, mind blown and feeling like pond scum um, from a sin and depravity standpoint, yep. which you should. And you can also, uh, I think if you go on, if you go on the One Passion app or website, I believe it's there as well, but you can also do sermon audio. Steve Lawson has a series of lectures on the attributes of God as well. And they are very good. Very, very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, and just to kind of piggyback on, on, on what Chris said there is, you know, just, just from, from more of a care standpoint, uh, every Christian at one time or another and multiple times throughout your life will be questioning your salvation. We are, that's why scripture tells us to be called, to be working out our salvation with mm-hmm. fear and trembling. That doesn't mean that you are looking to what you are doing to see if you're doing enough to be that's saved right. or to be held onto. Right. So what we're talking about is don't, don't allow these situations when you see Josh Harris and the, uh, the Hillsong guy, I forget his name already, but, but when you see those situations, don't let it rock your faith. That's in right. Christ. Yeah. Remember who Christ is. Remember mm-hmm. that he is holding your hand. And even when you let go, his grip is still just as strong. That's right. right. There's absolutely nothing that you did in order to gain your salvation and gain God's approval. And there's on the flip side, because of that, there's nothing that you can do to lose the salvation that God has given you. It is based completely and solely on God's all perfect sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And that is what's holding you. That is your anchor. That is mm-hmm. your sustenance and trust in him because mm-hmm. he is good. Well, that's right. if you're questioning that, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if look, if you weren't uh, questioning that, I, I think I would, I would be more concerned mm-hmm. if you were just like, Hey, I'm like, like Josh Harris says, I'm going through deconstruction and I don't care. That's and right. I'm okay yeah. with it. Marty that's Samson said that weep. I'm okay with it. That is cause to weep. But if you're questioning it as in a fear, like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I, mm-hmm. that, that's a first John there's somewhere. I think it's first John four that talks about, talks about that. Um, mm-hmm. That that's, that is, well, that's a holy fear. And what that does right. is that actually drives you back to scripture, drives you back to the gospel. That's right. 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 So, so the problem is not questioning it. The problem is where does that questioning leave you? Yes. Right. That's right. Where does it lead you? Does it lead you to trusting in your own logic and your own ability to understand mm-hmm. God? Or does it drive you to the arms of, of Christ? Right. That's right. That's right. Good. I agree. So, I mean, so to kind of bring it around as to how Christians should respond in this, uh, when, when we see these situations take place, those people who we think and have thought were believers who have quote unquote walked away from the faith or are losing their faith. Uh, So, so what we've talked about is how we respond is one, you need to have a high view of God because your view of God is going to uh, determine 
your is it's going to determine how your foundation. your foundation how you view this situation you can only view the situation how god views it right so how does god view the situation we have to start ultimately with god and how we view ourselves and how we view those around us and how we view everything that we do and but mainly how we view this particular topic so we have to start with god and our view of god and we must have a high view of god and the second thing is we should not be surprised because when we have a high view of God, we have a high view of his word and his word says this will happen. Therefore, we should not be surprised when it does. All it does is it affirms scripture. That's right. Yeah. Well, it, it you know, and, and I would say too, and on top of that, so yes, high view of God, uh, focus, focus on that. Remember that, let that be a holy fear those who are humble and contrite in spirit, and those who fear my word are, are those whom God will find favor upon. Uh, but I would say, seek wise counsel. And that's not just me mm. saying that. And, and what I mean by wise counsel um, is someone who is going to point you to Christ, someone who's going to point you to Scripture, someone who's going to be honest with you and not tell you what you want to hear, not encourage you to follow your own mind, uh, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and don't be afraid to share that. Don't if you, Look, if you're a leader, small group leader, worship leader, pastor right now, and you're hearing this and you're struggling with this kind of stuff, do not be afraid to open your mouth and admit that you're struggling with this. Let the church be the church. And mm. let let others, God, if you don't have anybody in your life keeping you accountable, get someone. Again, let the body be the body and join together and help sharpen each other. Don't be afraid to open your mouth and say something. Don't be afraid um, to admit that you're struggling with this because I can tell you from personal experience, if you hold on to that and continue to wrestle with that ultimately, it, it will, if it hasn't already turned into sin, mm-hmm. um, and, and will only get worse. If you wait until the temptation arises to walk away or to denounce your faith or go through deconstruction, quote unquote, then then it's too late. It's too late at that point. Don't be afraid for pride's sake, for insecurity's right. sake. It's still pride. Don't be afraid to say something. Find somebody you can trust. Um, and 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 let them pour into you as you admit what's going on with you. We need each other. We do. That's right. So, yeah, absolutely. Josh, anything to add before we uh, close out? Yeah, I would just say that that yeah, the 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 main way the Lord uses to sanctify us, apart from obviously His Word, uh, is is the community of believers. Mm. It's it's the church, right? Mm. So we must realize that that's the lifeblood of the Christian. That is where we are encouraged. That's where we have accountability. That's where we have community. And that is where we all spur each other on towards righteousness, work out our own salvations with fear and trembling Mm -hmm. as a body of believers who all struggle, who are all sinners, but who all have been bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. And when you are in that environment, uh, and when you are in community with people that are encouraging and holding you accountable, uh, the fears that we have and the problems that we have and the, 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 the doubts that we have, that's where we work it out. 
correct. Mm-hmm. That's where it's not done in a vacuum, right? Christianity is not a lone wolf religion. There's no lone wolves in Christianity. You need the church. That's right. And God has given you that. That's yes. right. That's and right. Utilize yeah. it. Utilize it. That's right. That's right. So you need to be a part of the local body of believers and you need to serve in the local body of believers. And if you don't know where to serve, I would recommend listening to Everyday a Monday podcast. <laughs> I love the plug. Which, which is shameless. It wasn't even me. I love I know, it. I love which it. Is, he does, which, he does all my own promotion. He does all he does it all for me. <laughs> which just ironically happens to be hosted by Josh. That's right. Yours the, truly. That's yeah. right. And yeah. if you're like, you know what? There's so many people already serving in, in, in all these places in my church. Well, listen to the podcast anyway, because you might come up with a place that a service that you can provide within the church That's and just right. start it yourself. You know, That's be right. proactive. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I, and just as a little primer there, uh, you know, if people aren't already coming just to hear my my golden molasses of a voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Next week, no, either next week or two weeks, we've got the one and only Tim Challies on the podcast. Whoa. So you guys need to log in. Whoa. You guys need to subscribe and listen to Tim, me and Tim talk about serving in church. It's going to be awesome. Have, you, have awesome. you already have you already talked to him or is that? Uh, talking to him tomorrow. What? Man, yeah, big great. time. I know, man. Yeah, like I'm going to fold it up after that. It's like, I, I, I don't know what to do after that one. Hey, wow, dude, you're going to be having a booth at conferences and stuff after that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that that's that's great. Yeah, I'll just be like the, <laughs> the scared Reformed Baptist in the corner. <laughs> I, I talked to Chinchalis once. Buy my, buy my stuff. Buy my coasters. <laughs> Man. Dude, first stop, first stop for Tim is every day on Monday. Second stop, matter of theology. Yeah. Oh, we've got some good things coming up next month too. We'll do it. So awesome, good stuff. Well, we hope that this episode has blessed you. We hope that you've enjoyed it. We've hoped that uh, it's encouraged you uh, to not be fearful, but yet to run to God, to cling to His Word, and if you had a low view, hopefully your view of God and his sovereignty is elevated. Uh, and we want you to rest assured in your salvation uh, that Christ will lose none of all that the Father has given him. Um, so don't be surprised. Cling to God. Be a part of the local body and pray for these men. Uh, you never want to see people who have been uh, influential in the church for many years uh, go down this path, uh, but pray for them, pray for their souls, pray for their families. Um, and that side note there, uh, thank you for saying that. Oh, you, you people just thought we were done. (laughs) No, I'm long winded and and I haven't been on here for a while. So that, that brings up a good point. AG, if you know someone who's wrestling with this, how, how do you approach that? Where do you go in scripture? Where do you point them in scripture? Mm. How do you pray for them? Um, so I, I would say this, just real quick. Share the gospel with them, number one. Yeah. The, the, the whole gospel, uh, all of it. Uh, and, and then walk them through. I, I would say this, turn to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 5, uh, John 6 are, are some great places you can go. Um, uh, Psalm 19, Psalm 119, when it comes to the sufficiency of scripture. Um, in all things. So um, 
And you yourself, if you know someone about that, again, seek counsel, reach out if you're unsure. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that brings up a good point. Thank you for saying that, man. Sorry. Awesome. No, Sidebar. That, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Very good stuff. So with and, that, oh, go ahead, Josh. No, I was going to say, and gentlemen, as uh, but for the grace of God, go we. Yes. Right. Right. Mm. It's always always important to keep in. As as reformed people, it's good to keep that in the forefront of our minds. Yes. <laughs> We only do what we do, live, move, and breathe by the grace of God alone. That's right. right. That is right. So now, with that, officially. We, hope, <laughs> officially, we hope that this has blessed you. And until next time, give us a closing line, Chris. Go in the grace of God. Boom. There it is. See ya.